Hi, I'm Dr. Tanya Bailey, and welcome to Arts, Artists, and Advocates, a podcast-based program designed with you in mind. You can find more information on lccconnect.com. Go ahead, do it today. Arts, Artists, and Advocates is a series of conversations and performances that explore diversity, equity, and inclusion through the arts and activism. We're highlighting the work of people on our campus and in our community that's making a difference. The death of George Floyd in the summer of 2020 catalyzed a social reckoning that put diversity, equity, and inclusion at the top priority of many organizations and in higher ed nationwide. Many of our students, faculty, and staff from across the world participated and engaged in protests and really are doing great work around activism, both off and on campus. In this era, College presidents must be responsive to new paradigm shifts when it comes to diversity, equity, inclusion in order for those movements to be aligned with this institution and its surrounding community. In fact, every college president that is deciding to work on DEI on their campus should take a note from Lansing Community College, who's been a leader in DEI and has made unwavering commitment to the profession Shameless plug for LCC. So today on Arts, Artists, and Advocates, I am so excited to talk with LCC's president, Dr. Steve Robinson, and gain insights on what's next for LCC. And our topic today is moving the DEI needle forward, a presidential chat at that. So please put your hands together and welcome with me the one, the only, the amazing Dr. Steve Robinson. (laughs) Thank you, Dr. Bailey. There's no, so there's no hype person better than you. I love it. Well, I love hyping you up because, in fact, it's all true. No flattery, just real stuff. No. I'm so excited that you're here. I know you have an amazing podcast, and so to get you on here is an honor. Um, but I want folks to know who may not really know the real Dr. Robinson, uh, tell us where you're from and how was that influenced your work. Well, thanks, Dr. Bailey. And it is wonderful to be here on your excellent podcast. So uh, I grew up in Metro Detroit. You Mm -hmm. know, my mom lived out in the suburbs. My dad lived downtown. So I Mm. spent the weekends in downtown Detroit, but I went to school in Troy. Yes. And then when I was 18, I moved here to Lansing to go to Michigan State. Wow. And uh, I earned all three of my degrees here, bachelor's, master's, and PhD in English. Nice. And um, between the master's and PhD, mm-hmm. I started a full-time faculty job at Mott Community College in yes. Flint. Go where, Flint. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. Go Flint. I know. So um, I was at Mott Community College for 23 years. and wow. uh, But I had my uh, community college conversion experience mm-hmm. here at LCC. I, you've heard me tell the story many times. Yes. I fell in love with our community college mission, the diversity mm. of our students, and when you and I use that word diversity, we're talking about all kinds of things, yes. uh, cultural background, age, social background. And so that's what turned me on to the community college. It's why I've never left. And uh, and that's what brings me here. Well, we are delighted. Uh, I'm just going to say the word blessed and uh, really, really grateful that we get to have you as a president. That's kind. Um, it really does matter. And, you, and your journey matters. Um, I want our listeners to hear you describe what diversity, you started talking about it for a minute. Mm-hmm. What does diversity, equity, inclusion mean to you? And why is it important for you as a college president? Well, I, I think I want to answer in two ways. Okay. I think I think that in defining diversity, we can go, come back to our values as an institution. Mm. There are a lot of ways we articulate those values. You know, our, our current advertising campaign is you belong here. Yes. Now, there are some those are three important words. And when mm-hmm. we say you, we mean 
Everybody, every (laughs) you, every you. And you and I have talked a lot about belonging. In Mm -hmm. fact, a lot of um, ODI departments are adding the word belonging, as you've taught me, diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging. Yes. Um, my, my wife was the HR director of an arts organization back in Ohio and their chief diversity officer, they actually, uh, gave that title, the director of belonging. I love it. I do too. So, so you belong. And I also think the word here is important. Here Mm. is Lansing. Here is our spaces, whether they're digital spaces or the downtown campus or West campus or all of our locations. We want everybody to feel that they belong here at mm. LCC. So that's the, in terms of our values, then I'm going to get a little more nerdy about it. Go and ahead, talk go about ahead. Some of our, some of our specific uh, uh, articulated values like our board end statement. Mm. Uh, so that I'm entering my third year as president. And one of the things that you helped me <laughs> and the whole team do is embed those principles of diversity, equity, and inclusion in the stated board ends. Yes. Now, for listeners who yes. don't know what end statements <laughs> are, yes. you know, a, a, a group of trustees, rather than running the college, sets a, a, a standard mm-hmm. that we have to meet, some mm-hmm. outcomes right. or ends. And one of the things that's interesting about those ends is that's how I get evaluated in my job. Right. So my report card, one-fourth of my report card as a president is are you achieving equitable outcomes for our students? That's powerful. Are we building a community that is representative of and serving all mm-hmm. of, of uh, the constituents in our community? Mm-hmm. So those are a couple things it means to me. The last thing I'd say, Dr. Bailey, and you've taught me a lot about this, is <laughs> diverse organizations are more effective organizations. Mm-hmm. Diversity is not only the right thing to do, but it gets better results. And I'm, I'm sure we'll talk about oh, that. We, we I could, are. I, you've taught me so much <laughs> that I could I could talk about this forever, but You're that's, so that's good. my answer to your question. It's an amazing answer, and I'm glad that you gave, um, gave real serious thought. You actually, now many listeners won't know this, but you actually pushed for DEI to be a part of how you're measured, because when you arrived, it wasn't. Right, right. There was there was a statement in the board ends about access. Mm-hmm. And, you know, let's do a teeny history lesson of our organizations. Sure. Our community colleges were founded on an access agenda and mm-hmm. access is important. Yes. Right. There has to be an open door. Absolutely. But you know that if you open the door, that doesn't mean everybody can walk through. Oh, right? you're teaching good. Uh, well, I'm a, I've been learning good. I've been learning good. So so the, the, the access was what we call Community College 1.0. Right. Mm. Community College 2.0 was completion. You know, Mm. people come through the door, but do they leave out the other door and go and Uh, achieve their goals? Yes. But Community College 3.0 is about equity Mm -hmm. and it's also about social mobility for students. Because why are we here? Our students want to either uh, transfer to a four year program with momentum or they want a great job where they can uplift their family. Yes. And that's what we're here for. And whatever their desire is, LCC can help them Absolutely. along that path. I love that. Thank you for that. You, mm-hmm. you know, in the in the African-American church, we would say amen. Uh, that's OK. <laughs> I'd say amen to <laughs> amen to that. Well, listen, Dr. Rosen, you've heard my podcast before, so, you know, we have a little fun. Yeah. And I have a game called If. Mm-hmm. Right. Let's play. In the game called If, I'm going to start with a if statement. You have to complete that statement, and I'm betting you're going to get it right. Well, we'll see. <laughs> All right. Our first question for you in the game called If. If diversity 
was an automobile, what would it be for you and why? (laughs) See, I struggle with these hypotheticals because I get (laughs) in these creativity loops, right? So if diversity were a vehicle, Mm -hmm. what would it be? Mm. Oh, I would, it's got to be a vehicle that can accommodate a lot of passengers, right? So I'm thinking a train or a bus, Mm. right? Mm -hmm. Um, And maybe I'm going to go with a train. Okay. Um, But you know what I don't like? It's good. Is that good? Audience says yes, we'll Well, accept train. The problem with the train, though, (laughs) it has tracks and you know where it's going. And I think diversity probably needs a little more flexibility Ah. about where it's going to go. So here I am second guessing my answer. No, you're great. Okay. Okay. So you got that right. Here's the next question. If inclusion was a dessert, what would it be and why? <laughs> Look at the face. <laughs> oh, I, I don't want to be uh, uh, flipping about this. Probably would not have dairy in it because we'd want everybody to be able to have some, right? Good it would answer. be gluten-free. <laughs> yes. It would be dairy-free. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, maybe be uh, a, a sugar-free snow cone. <laughs> but it'd still be delicious, oh, right? It would be the best sugar-free <laughs> snow cone you ever had. And everybody would want it. That's absolutely. <laughs> okay, you are doing two for two. Okay. Here's the last question in the game called right. If. If equity was an article of clothing, mm. what would it be and why? Well, I think it might be a hat because mm. theoretically everybody has a head to put their hat on, but not everybody has all their arms or legs. And Dr. Robinson, so, you're so good. Well, I thought about <laughs> equity, you know, yes, like, yes. The, you know, an article of clothing. I mean, I, I know friends who don't have all their limbs. And right. So if you got them a nice shirt and, you know, yes. so maybe a hat. A hat. We will accept that. And guess what? what? You just won on the game card. Is. <laughs> oh, this is just our way of helping our listeners learn more about diversity, thank equity, you. inclusion. And thank you for playing along. It was fun. Let's get into our next segment. Sure. In this one, I want to dive a little bit more into our topic, which is today, moving the DEI needle forward. Um, I have a quote I want to share. I often uh, mention this quote. It's by John C. Maxwell, famous leadership author. He says, change is inevitable, but growth is optional. With this vast, um, great resignation, many changes happening on college campuses, As a president, how would you advise other college or even university leaders? How do we navigate this change by embedding DEI into our college fabric? So I'm going to start off putting on my English teacher hat. When okay. you say moving the needle, we're already dealing with a metaphor, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. And so, um, and what we're talking about with a needle is some kind of a meter, right? Yes. You know, yes. like we're in a radio studio right now and mm-hmm. the really talented engineer who's doing the, our recording, Very talented engineer. he's watching <laughs> needles to yes. make sure that our levels are right. Correct. So um, built into the idea of moving the needle is measuring things. Mm. And that can make things uncomfortable. So Mm -hmm. what we're measuring is what are our outcomes for disaggregated groups of students, particularly underrepresented or minoritized students? What are our what's our employee mix? We're talking about that Mm. right now. You know, what's the diversity of our faculty and our staff? So I think to answer your question, Mm -hmm. you got to start with measurement and um, and data. Yes. And people fight about data. 
data are confusing. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there's that old phrase, uh, you know, figures lie and liars figure. Yes. <laughs> but but what you have to do is 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 develop a baseline. Yes. And if you're going to move the needle, you got to know where it is first. That's so good. So that's that's one thing. Mm-hmm. But I think you asked a bigger question about okay, if we're measuring and we know we're measuring mm-hmm. and the, and the and the and the needles here at yes. maybe three. And you set a goal of getting it to eight. Mm-hmm. How do you do that with intentionality? Love it, right? Love and that's it. something I've heard you talk yes. about a lot. If you're going to move the needle on important values like diversity, equity, mm-hmm. inclusion, belonging, it doesn't happen by accident. No, you have to have hard conversations. You mm-hmm. have to set goals. Um, and you have to work at it. Yeah, well, excellent. I want to. I want to dive more into that because you're leading me without even knowing it in my questioning. I I don't know what your questions are. (laughs) Oh, he doesn't. Everyone, he does. He has no knowledge. I didn't send it to him beforehand. Mm -hmm. So it is difficult. What you just shared, right? It's difficult. Talk about how you have navigated as a president, right? Because as a college president, you have a lot of you're a lot of challenges, right, in this area, right? So how how have you done it? Well, it's it's a challenging job anywhere, but what I will tell you is uh, LCC is well positioned to do this work. Yes. So this is my third year. Mm-hmm. Not every community college has a chief diversity officer or, a, or an office of diversity Facts. and inclusion. Facts. That's thing number one. Mm-hmm. Thing number two is not every college has very strong board support for this work. True. And I know that. Mm-hmm. I know that firsthand from talking to community college presidents all over the country. That's good to we're, hear. We're a really diverse country and in many ways kind of a divided country. Mm-hmm. Not kind of. We really yeah, are yep. a divided country. And so to have seven elected board trustees that vote seven to zero mm. after the murder of George Floyd yes. and Brianna Taylor and others that this is a this is an issue that we're going to deal with and mm-hmm. we're going to have action and 7 to 0 said to their <laughs> new president you will develop an equity action plan and yeah. you will turn it into us by um, your six month anniversary, which was what you and I yes. did together. And as a leadership team, you've heard me say this, mm-hmm. that was a gift. <laughs> it was a gift to be given an assignment like that because I have counterparts across the country who can't engage in this work yeah. with the openness and intentionality that you and I do. LCC is a great place. And, and that was that was my thinking for you. Mm-hmm. Receiving this amazing appointment as our our new president mm-hmm. three years ago, you're not new right. anymore, right? You're in the fabric, <laughs> um, and receiving a somewhat of a charge. We want you to do this, yeah. and we want you to do mm-hmm. uh, good work around DEI in six months. For you, that was appealing, right? Absolutely, no, yeah. no. It was one of <laughs> it was one of the things that attracted me to yes. the college. Okay. And as I and as I've told you, mm-hmm. your leadership, the uh, OD, the ODI department, was one of the you. things that made this an attractive opportunity for me. Mm-hmm. It was a long term goal at my previous institution, and I was developing some of the support I needed mm-hmm. to galvanize a team around that work. But it was already well underway here. Yeah. And, you know, I was hired in that in that awful summer of oh. racial reckoning. Yes. Right. Yes. And so um, what we see is a lot of colleges had said things hmm. that summer. Yes. Uh, but our board took an extra step and said, we're going to say something, but we're also going to require with accountability right. that it be translated into action. And kudos to to our board. for real, Because around this work, there is a lot of rhetoric. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and not enough action. Uh, and so we even had a national conversation on DEI that really spoke to how we move from rhetoric to action. How do you 
move from rhetoric to action. Well, I, I, you, you, you do it in, in fellowship, allyship, accompliceship with, uh, with like-minded colleagues. That's good. Right? And, and, and for LCC, if for our local listeners, we, they have to know that we're, we have a national reputation for mm. doing this. You mentioned the national conversation that you led. Sure. That was after we, uh, a year ago, we presented, uh, at um, the Amer- the Association of Community College Trustees about our our yes. equity work, and we invited the whole country to be part of one of your courageous conversations because <laughs> we did them locally all the yes. time, but we had a national conversation on that. And I'm I'm proud to tell you I just returned from New York City yeah. at that same conference a year later where we were recognized, LCC was recognized as the Central Region Yay! Award winner for the Equity Award. <laughs> That's right. Clap Charles it Kennedy up. Equity Award. I love it. And put us, and while we did, we, I think we, we, we should have, but we did not <laughs> win the national award. We, we, we lost out to one of the leaders in this area, the wow. Community College of Baltimore County in, in Maryland, where they've been doing this for a long time. Mm-hmm. But we're now part of this short list of names of colleges that really do this work well. Absolutely. We so are, in essence, we won. <laughs> oh, we did. Yeah, we absolutely. We got a trophy. We yes. will see it. And yeah, we did. That is so, so But we're not good. done. Oh, oh, we're so not done. No, we're not done. We're not done. We mm-hmm. are moving to action. And we're moving actually to the last segment of okay, the show great. today because mm-hmm. I think this is going to get to the meat of it. So you mentioned before the role of a college president is already tough. Right? It is. It's, it's not an easy role. Mm-hmm. When we talk about having difficult conversations around DEI, what are you hearing uh, from colleagues across the nation and some of the struggles they're having? And what would you say to them if they were listening in today? Well, I I have a few things to say. One of them is uh, there are communities that are not as well prepared or willing to have the conversations that we're having. Hmm. So even though they're tough, you you lead our courageous conversations, some Mm -hmm. of the equity work, most of the equity work moves people to a place of discomfort. It does. Um, you, it requires a growth mindset. Mm-hmm. It really does. A continuous improvement mindset. Yes. But um, there are places where it uh, is not just uncomfortable, but maybe not safe to have conversations like this. I have counterparts who could imperil their careers by moving this wow. uh, this work forward. And I and I think that what I would say to those colleagues mm-hmm. is uh, keep trying. Yes. Right. Yes. And 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 move the conversation where you can. Yes. Right. Absolutely. I, I appreciate that because I think um, whether you are a college president, you're president of your family, it doesn't matter. Right. Right. We're all leaders. We're all our leaders and looking for ways of how do we move particularly diversity, equity, inclusion forward, how we move that needle forward when we know there might be some difficult points or pain points for some. And, and you, you hit on that. I have a question for you, Dr. Robinson. I want you to describe for our listeners um, a stereotype around your culture that you want to demystify. Around the culture I come from? Mm-hmm, yeah. Oh, that's that's a that's a really interesting question. I can yeah. think of stereotypes that are probably earned or <laughs> true. <laughs> um, I, you know, I think that there might be, and and I I probably need to be really specific. Okay. You know, you know, people could make guesses about me listening to my voice, but I'm a mid fifties white cisgender, you know, yes. uh, guy, okay. right? Right, yes. married, mm-hmm. you know, and and so. I think some assumptions about my culture, mm-hmm. uh, uh, sort of white Midwestern culture, mm-hmm. um, I'm, I'm trying to think of what they might be, the ones that might be not true. Um, 
But when you, when I'm you, struggling, you, Doctor B. Well, no, this, yeah, no, yeah, it's, yeah. it's good. This mm-hmm. is this is the segment where we're supposed to struggle a little bit, yeah, but, yeah, but 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 get to it. So, um, I'm a black yeah, female. You are, um, and there's a lot of there's a lot of stereotypes about both of our cultures, right? But yeah. Part of the thing that I think um, people may think about is that you don't really care too much about DEI. Right. That it mm-hmm. doesn't apply to you. What would you say to a stereotype like that for you, your culture? You helped yeah. me out a great deal because sure. what I was coming up with was off the shelf. There was more than stereotypes. There were cliches. Got it. Something yes. about, you know, white men can't jump. Or, <laughs> oh, we don't have any rhythm. You know, that's really serious. Totally not it's, true, by the way. But really, yeah, yeah, I'm a pretty decent bass player. Yes, so. he is. But but um, but those are cliches. Now you've moved my uh, thinking. I think that there is a stereotype of particularly um uh, privileged white folks mm-hmm. who do DEI work that mm-hmm. we are maybe virtue signaling or posturing or mm. doing this out of some kind of, uh, you know, prioritizing this work out of a sense of um, wanting to look right. virtuous yes. or moral or mm-hmm. um, or out of guilt. Mm-hmm. And I can honestly tell you that my colleagues, uh, yes. my my white privileged colleagues across the country who do this kind of work, do it because they absolutely believe it. Yes. Yeah, this is, I mean, Dr. Bailey, life yeah. is a short journey. Mm-hmm. I don't have time to do things I don't <laughs> don't believe in yes. or don't feel invested in. Yes. And um and I and I love the job I had before, mm-hmm. but I connect with the mission of what we're doing here so much deeper because of the equity work, the belonging yes. work. I think that gets oh, to it, your, it definitely that's not does. a surface. I didn't want to give a surface answer. That's I that promise I think is you a, no. it was not surface. No, that one was and, the and real. I, I really believe that our listeners got a, a closer insight to who you are because, you know, this work is not easy work. No, we talk about moving the needle forward for, for diversity and inclusion. It means, yes, intentionality and people being real, identifying you automatically self-identified yourself. You automatically began to share your passion mm-hmm. and your why, which really helps people to see I think I can do that, too. Mm-hmm. I think I can join that, too, which further dis- demystifies uh, stereotypes of why everybody should be involved. I appreciate that. And thanks yeah. for helping me grow through the question because no, I, was, I was struggling there. At the no, beginning. you did great. So I want to I want to leave our audience with this because okay. there um, is talks that we've had about transitions. We talked about a little bit more about you and, mm-hmm. and your passions around that. Mm-hmm. I want our listeners to know two things. One, what mark do you want to leave? on this world as relates to DEI and what's next for LCC as it relates to DEI. Right. I, l- I love the question because the first, the first part is uh, you have a phrase you use a lot about leaving a mark and not a stain, right? <laughs> yes, you know, sir. we, and, and so uh, I've been privileged to, I'm privileged to enter my third year as president of this awesome college. Yes. I, I am hoping for many, many more. And, and one of the things that I would love to leave here is some uh, deep work in our culture. Mm. We've spent a lot of years de- building out um, th- probably the most gorgeous community college oh, campus you've far. ever seen. By if you've, and, and by the way, our listeners, if you haven't gotten out of your car to walk through the yes, downtown campus on. or go inside West Campus, make some time to do that because this is not your mental picture of what a community college is if you've never been here. Correct. So we've, and, and we built out great programming. We've got programming. We've got all kinds of great recognition. Yes. But uh, my focus from the beginning of my teaching career, I, I spent a decade as a union leader. Hmm. I, I, I want to work on 
culture and the and uh, communication mm. and openness and transparency. So I love it. Uh, that that's one of the things, and those things take a while. They do. They really do. They um, uh, they take a while to build up. It takes people a while to let their guard down and Absolutely. be and be open to that. So it would be one of culture and inclusivity okay. and and belonging. That's a good legacy. That's the, that's, so that's the, the mark. Okay. Now, you asked a really practical question about the future. Yes. Now, Dedalian has some Kleenex here. We might <laughs> need it. I don't, we might I, need it. I know. So, so uh, Dr. Bailey, you've been an amazing chief diversity officer. You're leaving you. the college. Now, what I want to tell everybody who's listening, yes. and I've told you many times, is while you might be leaving the college, the work that you've done here, it's Absolutely. not just one mark, it's many marks. And oh, you've built us you. up to... Uh, not only just na- national recognition, thank but you. we got a lot of momentum on this important work. We really and, and do, we, and we'll be doing it for the rest of our careers. Yes, we will. <laughs> so you and I will be working together, even, not, even yes. though you're not going to be the chief diversity officer anymore. But what I do want everybody to know is, by the time they hear this, um, hmm. we will be searching for a new, yes. not a replacement, but, but a, a new, new chief diversity <laughs> officer. That's a model I'm committed to. I love that. There, I think there has to be a C-suite um, mm-hmm. executive charged with DEIB that mm-hmm. reports directly to the president for a bunch of structural reasons, not the least of which is this is hard work. It is. And there are all kinds of ways it could get crosswise with different departments and get involved mm-hmm. in politics mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And this person has to have a direct line to the CEO of the organization. So wow. that's what we're going to do. And we have, um, our, um, you know, our um, senior vice president for business yes. operations, Dr. Selena Samuel. Shout out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll be working with your team and mm-hmm. uh, the initiatives to make sure that, they, that we don't lose momentum during that search. Absolutely. So um, and then I would just reiterate something we talked about at the beginning yes. of the show. The principles that were in that resolution on racial injustice yes. through equity. Um, have been embedded in the board ends. Mm-hmm. They are fully one-sixth of the college's strategic plan. Yes. And this is work that goes well beyond your department and your position. There yes. are hundreds of people at LCC doing this work, and that will continue. If you had any doubt, listening audience, whether or not DEI will continue long after the Tanya Bailey experience, <laughs> <laughs> you have now been confirmed that this community college is dedicated from its boards to its presidents to every person that's here. You know, Dr. Robinson, I always say it's not about the me. It's about, it's the, about we. the we. Yeah. Yes. I tried yes. to say it at the same time, <laughs> unison. We got It's about the we. Uh, I have been just... Um, emotionally charged in a very good way because you've been here today and not just here on this podcast, but here, period. You are a active, visible, very present president. And it's been a privilege and an honor to work and serve with you. And this right here is for life. So, <laughs> You know it is, Dr. Bailey. Thank you for all you've done for LCC. I know you'll continue to do great things in this space uh, yes. throughout, throughout the, uh, the world. <laughs> and uh, I, on behalf of everybody at LCC, just let Aww. me say thank you for your time here. Well, thank you so much. And listen, and thank you all for listening to Arts, Artists, and Advocates. We appreciate you tuning in today. This is a podcast-based broadcast.
Podcasts. And you can find more content at lccconnect.com. Go ahead, do it today. Arts, Artisan Advocates is a series of conversations and performances that explore diversity, equity, and inclusion through the arts and activism. We're highlighting the good work of people at LCC and for those that's making a difference in our community. I am your host, Dr. Tanya Bailey, and I'm reminding you that you matter. We'll see you next time. Examining the issues and topics that affect our lives from the local level to the world stage. Listen to the programs of LCC Connect anytime at lccconnect.org. LCC Connect. Voices. Vibes. Vision. Lansing Community College is proud to present We're Better Than That, an anti-bigotry campaign. Embracing diversity is a continuing process, one that requires honesty, cooperation, and meaningful conversations. At Lansing Community College, we understand our journey towards inclusion and equity begins with an examination of how we relate to one another and a pledge to engage in the work necessary for meaningful progress to facilitate conversations and initiatives that will combat racism and hate speech in our college community. The Office of Diversity and Inclusion has partnered with the Office of Police and Public Safety to create We're Better Than That a comprehensive campaign to combat institutional bias and racism. To find out more about We're Better Than That, visit lcc.edu. Guys, like having a place to live, eating food, wearing clothes, sending 639 texts a week on a shiny new phone? There's one thing that can help you get the money to do all of those things. It's called a job. If you're a guy turning 18, there's one important thing you need to do to make sure the job market is wide open for you. Register with the Selective Service System at SSS.gov. Failing to register with Selective Service would mean you'd not only be breaking the law, you'd also be unable to apply for federal jobs, many state and municipal jobs, and all kinds of job training programs the government offers. So guys, take a minute and register with the Selective Service. You'll keep your job prospects open. Otherwise, how are you going to get the basketball shoes with full-length responsive cushioning and an outsole cutout for low-profile impact protection? Take that minute. Go to sss.gov and register with Selective Service and keep all your options open. Remember, it's quick, it's easy, it's the law. With the holidays around the corner, Lansing Community College's Lifelong Learning Adult Enrichment Program is pleased to present a beginner's guide to gift wrapping, a free event that is open to the public and will teach you how to add that extra merry and bright to your gifts. All wrapping supplies are free and will be provided, taking place at LCC's East Campus on November 30th. To find out more, please visit us at lcc.edu slash keeplearning. That's lcc.edu slash keeplearning. LCC Connect. Voices. Vibes. Vision. Greetings and welcome to Community Conversations on LCC Connect. I'm your host, Bo Garcia, Dean of the Community Education and Workforce Development Division at Lansing Community College. Community Conversations is a space where we explore business, workforce, and community development. 
and discuss how these issues impact our quality of life and standard of living. Today, we will be interviewing Quentin Messer Jr., President and CEO of the Michigan Economic Development Corporation, or MEDC. Quentin is a member of Governor Gretchen Whitmer's cabinet and serves on the boards of the American Center for Mobility, Michigan Israel Business Accelerator, International Economic Development Council, and others. He was named by Financial Times as a member of the Agenda Diversity 100, Crane's Detroit Business 50 Names to Know in Government, Business New Orleans CEO of the Year, by Consultants Connect as one of North America's top 50 economic developers and many other recognitions. Immediately prior to joining MEDC, Quentin was president and CEO at the New Orleans Business Alliance, which, under his leadership, became one of fewer than 80 accredited economic development organizations worldwide. Quentin, thanks so much for being on the show. Thank you so much, Bo. Happy and honored to be here. Great. So, Quentin, you know, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, kind of where you're from, how you came to arrive at the MEDC, that kind of thing? Yeah, sure. Uh, I am a native of Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, I've moved around a number of different places. And as you mentioned, most immediately was uh, living in New Orleans. Um, had been in Louisiana for almost a decade, and because I was back in the South, thought I was thought that's where I would spend the rest of my career, but uh, was fortunate enough to be presented with a tremendous opportunity to apply for the position at MEDC. And I tell you, and it's been just over a year. So yesterday was one year of me starting this job. And I fall in madly in love with both peninsulas. It's a great capital region, great partners like uh, you and Bob Sice and his team at Leap and countless others. So I couldn't be more honored to uh, be here. I have the best job in economic development. I look forward to telling you why that is. Oh, thanks. Hey, we're the fortunate ones, truly. Um, so, so, Quinn, could you share with us uh, what the MEDC is, its mission, kind of purpose, services, maybe the 10,000-foot look at kind of why the MEDC is so important and, and how you make it happen? Sure. It's uh, a great question. So I think the simplest way to think of our, our mission is we are the entity uh, here for the state of of Michigan, focus on all 83 counties on both of the most wonderful peninsulas in the world, um, tasked with growing the economy. And growing the economy is not only just about small business or large business, but it's the tourism, hospitality sector. It is about the quality of place. It is about uh, making sure that the economy grows as a function of not just jobs or having the right environment, but that sense of place. And so our um, organization is tasked with doing all those things, but we don't do it in isolation. We do it with local partners, uh, regional partners across um, both peninsulas here in the capital region. We work with Leave, we work with the city of Lansing, we work with the city of East Lansing. And it has to be a team approach because at the end of the day, when people make decisions about where they believe they can realize the economic hopes and aspirations, and particularly for the next generation, you need to have an environment in which you're growing, you're focused on talent, you're making it easy for businesses to operate, you're streamlining regulations, and we're doing all those things. And you, and you live and we operate in a globally competitive environment. Uh, capital is mobile. Hmm. Uh, people can move all across the world, and we want people to realize that Michigan is the best place where they can grow um, their capital, and also have a uh, tremendous quality of place and quality of living. Boy, it's just critical work. I mean, it's under 
it's understated and underestimated to show the impact. Well, speaking of, of the function, now look, let's talk a little bit about the, the impact. Can you tell us a little bit about, you know, what the impact has been of the MEDC, you know, over the last, you know, year or two? And, you know, for instance, in relation to company recruitment and expansion and, you know, jobs created, uh, economic impact. It's some big wins lately. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I mean, we can always talk about and rattle off statistics, but really statistics don't matter is how are you impacting people's lives? Um, how are you impacting the dinner table? So one particular announcement, GM made their largest single site investment, $7 billion um, in Michigan. One is going to be in Orion Township um, in the eastern side of the state. The other is going to be right here in the Lansing region, Delta Township. And that was a team effort. It required um, leadership at the local level. It, allowed, uh, it required Lansing Board of Water and Light to be very creative. Shout out to them and their leadership for working with us. It, you know, it required Bob Trasice and his team at LEAP to really make sure that they um, came together and we had all the um, things that were required. In order to have these wins that you read about, whether it's in the and the Lansing State Journal or the Wall Street Journal, wherever you might read about them, it's a team. Mm -hmm. It really is. And you have to win at the local, regional, and state level in order to attract international investment. The other things that I think is critically important beyond just the jobs and for that particular opportunity, the GM opportunity, you know, as it ramps up to scale, it'll be over 4,000 new jobs. But it's critically important to think about the retained jobs. Mm-hmm. It's also critically important to think about the businesses who, you know, uh, people go to lunch or they celebrate people's retirement or you know, promotions and things of that nature. So it's whether it's the, you know, the bars, the, the, the restaurants and things of that nature. When you look at the vibrancy of Old Town here in Lansing, it's a function of making sure that people are constantly growing here. You know, Lansing Community College, a tremendous asset. You've got to have young people or not so young people like me who are thinking about, you know, what, you know, whether I want an associate degree or do I want to go to be retrained for an opportunity because the world is changing. And so these are the things that why economic development is not just about ribbon cuttings. It's not just about job announcements, but it's about how does it affect the community in which, in our case, 10 million plus Michiganders live, work and play. Are we affording them communities that are vibrant, going, have downtowns that their children, their grandchildren, their nieces and nephews will say, hey, I want to come back. Maybe I'll go and see the world. But when I think about starting that family or starting my career or entering a next life phase, we want to make sure that Lansing and all of Michigan is incredibly attractive. You know, that is so important. You just drew a picture of sustainability. You know, it's it's not just the inception and the growth. It's about the retention, sustainability, and the quality of life and uh so many different, you know, value propositions that the MEDC brings forth. And that's, that's one of the things that uh, I think is so important about what you do. You know, it is, it is, it is, it is a coordinating body. Speaking of that, I mean, uh, you mentioned some, uh, some of the relationships you have with the, with the, with the public uh, uh, sector, you know, LEAP, et cetera, uh, city government, but you do a great deal of dialogue with pr- the private sector as well. I, I, you know, talking to just numerous companies. I mean, you're working uh, to, 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 to coordinate um, uh, what, what is of value to public and private sector partners, you know, uh, internationally, domestically. 
No, you're absolutely right. And we are in, um, I guess, the one way to think about this in very simple terms is we want to make sure that we become a place where capital, whether it's financial capital or human capital, where people say, look, that is a place where I can be successful. Very simply. I mean, mm-hmm. and when you do that, when you create that atmosphere, and, it's, and, it, and that's why it's a holistic thing, because we're not the sum total of what we do professionally. Mm-hmm. It's what we do out of the office. It's the type of environment we want to have our family, our friends, and things of that nature. And so that's the great thing about Michigan. And one of the challenges that my colleagues and I have at MEDC, working with you and others to get the word out, I think Michiganders are a little too humble. Mm-hmm. There's a lot from mm-hmm. which we can about which we can be proud of. Mm-hmm. Yes, there are always going to be challenges. You can always get better. I'm a huge spokes fanatic. Mm-hmm. And if you listen to <laughs> any great coach, there's never a perfect game. You can always get better. But you have to celebrate what you have and you also have to change the atmosphere about what you're seeing about your place. Mm-hmm. So when I moved to Michigan, I was shocked. I never heard so many people complain about the weather. <laughs> I had just left Louisiana and had evacuated from a hurricane. If you've never, hopefully you will never have to evacuate from a hurricane, but that's stressful. Mm-hmm. That is something to discuss about weather. Mm-hmm. Okay. Maybe it's cold. You can get layers for that. <laughs> right. um, people talk, Oh, it's great. You can get lamps for that. There's so many things you can do. But when you look at some of the crystal clear weather we've had recently, oh. and you look at the grand river, or when people go to their late colleges, whether it's up north or in the UP, um, shout out to uh, Mackinac Island being mm-hmm. voted one of the best um, places here in the continental USA. Shout out to Detroit being one of the mm-hmm. great cities that was recognized by Time Magazine. We have so many tremendous oh. assets. Absolutely. And even here in the Lansing region, I think we undervalue how be- beautiful the, you know, the banks of the red cedar mm-hmm. you right know, go green, right? Go white. And there you go. Um, and so I take no favorites in that <laughs> Michigan state UM. Um, and I think UM is going to have a great leader. Um, and so someone that's coming, look, I think that's a tremendous story. Uh, UM is about to announce a new leader has been reported all over the press. Mm-hmm. Here is a Dr. Ono is someone that could be anywhere in the world. Mm-hmm. He's been all over the world. He's a globally renowned researcher, mm-hmm. high ed administrator. He's currently in UBC. Um, you know, people say, oh, the British Columbia is beautiful. He's bringing his talents to Ann Arbor yeah. for a reason, because of the tremendous assets that are at University of Michigan. If you look at Michigan State, I can't say enough about what Dr. Stanley and his leadership team are right. doing at Michigan. The great team here at Lansing Community College, these type of opportunities. Lansing Community College is making career um, vitality, mobility, accessibility, mm-hmm. permissible yes. for so many members of our community. So true. And that's an invaluable service mm-hmm. because what learning does mm-hmm. is provide hope. It provides mm-hmm. that, that vision to see yourself mm-hmm. into the possible. And mm-hmm. I can't say enough about the educational assets mm-hmm. that we have here. And that's a vital part of winning. If you cannot cultivate and and, and, and really grow your talent yeah. and give them hope and a trajectory for the future, mm-hmm. then shame on us. But we, we are doing 
tremendous work as Team Michigan, and we have tremendous opportunities for the future. Oh, couldn't agree with you more. And and that spear, that tip of the spear that you have is so vitally important because it creates the opportunities, and with the opportunities, accessibility. As you said, to create a vision for a community and, and students and individuals to, to aspire to, uh, you know, improving the quality of lives and standards of living for them and their children's passing it all on. And, and, you know, speaking of humility, I mean, the, the LTM uh, um, uh, recruitment effort, 1,700 jobs to the area here. Thank you for that. Congratulations to you and your team. You know, what an, what an, what an amazing and tremendous accomplishment. And so, you know, having said that, you know, for our listeners, you know, we, when we talk uh, about um, industry recruitment and development and retention and expansion, you know, um, how does how does that affect the 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 wages, you know, poverty levels, crime rate, education, employment for our community members, the work that you do? No, it's a great question. So, I think there it really affects it in really three specific ways. One is typically um, when you look at those social determinants of health that you know reflect on negative behaviors, whether it's crime or generational poverty, it's a function of lack of opportunity. And what you see with job growth is opportunity at all wage levels, all educational attainment levels. If you have a growing and vibrant economy, you may have people who say, hey, look, I want to open a restaurant. I want to open a barbershop. I want to open something that's in the service sector. And if people are employed at the Delta Township and the continuance of the other facilities here, um, we were seeing now state government return back to downtown. That's providing opportunities for people to realize and have um, jobs and entrepreneurial aspirations right here in place. The second thing is it allows you to have more and more people um, uh, uh, pay into and expand your tax base. Mm -hmm. So those investments that have to be made in public education, not only at the K-12, but at the two and four year levels, Mm -hmm. you're not asking fewer people to do more. You're asking more people to share in the obligation. Beautiful. It's a growing tax base allows you to address issues of mental health, mm-hmm. allows you to answer issues of public education, um, opportunities to work with people who are uh, uh, formerly incarcerated, returning citizens, mm-hmm. giving them opportunities once they've paid their debt to society to participate in renewing and revitalization of their communities. You know, recently I was actually with Bob at a wonderful event at Allen Park. Mm. They did a tremendous work in revitalizing a community center that's going to be a hub of activity. Mm -hmm. And they are going to have entrepreneurial things focused on food. But what's clear about that was the importance of making sure that people could see the sense of the possible Mm -hmm. close proximate to them. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so a big part of what we're doing at MBC, yes, it's the ultimate, but the reason why it has is because when you're employed, you have to go live somewhere mm-hmm. in your neighborhoods. You, there's a momentum. There's a pride. There is a sense of the possible. Mm-hmm. And I firmly believe, and this is a, the absolute last point on this, is that I, I have three children. And whether you have children or not, most people have niece or nephews or, or even pets. Most of us want lives better mm-hmm. for the next generation. Mm-hmm. And that's what jobs and economic opportunity afford people a vision of what's possible nearby. 
And, and that's why um, I'm excited. A lot of work needs to be done. We haven't mm-hmm. solved it all. But I like the fact that Michigan and the capital region has what it takes. Wow. Wow. Phenomenal. Right on. I mean, that was beautiful. And you're right. I mean, the purpose of business and workforce and community development, well, you know, that's economic development. You know, it's it's about, it's in, in its own way, it's like, it's a form of social work to, 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 to help those in our community uh, to experience lives more fully and equitably and, um, and uh, uh, just just better and to whatever degree that we can, you know, uh, we do. And the work that the MEDC is doing is just phenomenal. I just cannot say enough about that. I've I've uh, been uh, um, engaged with, with the MEDC for, for decades now and uh, have always had a tremendous respect and appreciation for what you do. You're right. It is not easy. It is not for the faint of heart. You you work hard. Your team works hard, but the results are phenomenal. So thank you for that. And, you know, finally, Quentin, what uh, what what type of trends you know might there be emerging within the state uh, or region that uh, our, our listeners might be interested in considering as it relates to their education or career change or upskilling? I know there's, you know, uh, battery cells and EV and you know, any in any particular area where where those uh, individuals who are just kind of a, at a place in time where they're like, you know, what is my next move? Any thoughts on that at all? No, great question, um, and I really appreciate you affording me with this opportunity. I, I'm going to answer it in two different ways. I think the first thing I would say is really from personal experience. Um, tap into your authentic self mm. and pursue what you perceive your purpose to be. Oh, I mean, I went and tried to do a lot of different things because that's what a trend is investment banking and corporate <laughs> law and this and that. Mm-hmm. But really, what I'm a Christian, so I don't hide from it. But what God wanted me to do mm-hmm. was to do exactly what I'm doing in academic development. And, and once you plug into that, then doors that you can't ever imagine will be open for you. Mm-hmm. Now, having said that, there are a couple of things I, I, would, I would put on people's radar for consideration. Michigan is going to be a state that's going to win because of extreme weather and climate. I alluded to the fact of having to um, evacuate from a hurricane. Mm-hmm. As extreme weather happens more frequently, and we've had it here in the state, but comparatively speaking to other states, mm-hmm. Michigan is going to be a weather winner. So we're going to be seeing migration as a consequence of that mm-hmm. over the next 5, 10, 15 years. Mm. The second thing, I think related to the transition from the internal combustion engine to uh, to batteries, there are going to be a different type of battery technologies. So in addition to the actual assembly plants, the battery plants can be very important. So if you are um, mechanically inclined, but maybe you don't want to go uh, for a four-year degree, consider becoming a process technologist. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Programs here sure. that allow you... To, to know how to be very advanced in handling chemicals and, and, and electronics and, and understanding to have the rigor of being quality assurance um, mm-hmm. in a number of these advanced technology processes because it's going to be incredibly important. And it's not just only um, directly related to the automotive sector, but semiconductors um, and other advanced manufacturing. I mean, you know, the great thing about Lansing is 
it's so proximate to Grand Rapids and to uh, Kalamazoo and Portage and Battle Creek and Jackson. I also think one of one of the sectors here that's very underrated, but is consistent, mm-hmm. is durable, and really has a multitude of really fascinating jobs is the insurance industry. Oh yeah, insurance okay. tech. Yes. I know you have great programs here mm-hmm. focused on that. I mean, whether you are in software engineering or big data analytics or a user uh, uh, interface experience or just customer care. We have great insurance, you know, Jackson Financial and auto owners and mm-hmm. uh, AF and, and Delta Dental, Dental and countless others. And, you know, in Grand Rapids, Acrisure, mm-hmm. which is uh, a tremendous insurance company, privately held, they are growing leaps and bounds. They purchased the naming rights to Hinesville. Mm-hmm. Imagine any Michigan-based company, mm-hmm. not publicly traded, it's going to be the Acrisure field, I believe. Excellent. And that's insurance. And so these are opportunities that are within, that not only physically here in the capital region, but within less than an hour away. So these are some of the things. But first of all, always be true to yourself. Be true to your authentic aspirations. And you know, some of it, things are cliche because they're true. Mm-hmm. You got to work hard. Yep. You got to try to always have a customer care. Uh, orientation. You always have to try to figure out how you can get the yes. And I think the mm-hmm. biggest thing, and I've, I've, I've learned this over the years, gratitude is the seed for the mm-hmm. more. And I think Michiganders have such a kindness and I've been extended so much grace. And I think if you're thinking about making that next journey in your life, remember gratitude is the seed of the more. So when you make that deposit, that deposit of thank you, or I appreciate, or, or, you know, that's when it's going to be activating the more for you. So um, I'm excited. I can't, I could talk for hours. I know you don't have hours to hear me blather on about what's going on, but we are on the precipice of tremendous breakthroughs, not only in the capital region, but across these two beautiful peninsulas here in Michigan. Wow. I have thoroughly enjoyed this. I will say, Quint, you are the right person in the right place at the right time. I truly believe that, you know, and, so much of what you just said resonates, you know, very personally as well. I'm a firm believer in, you know, you do the right thing for the right reason, the right thing will happen. You know, your, your, your motives in the right place, you know, uh, uh, use your head, use your heart, that, that balance between the two, um, and with, with a, with a long-term vision, you know, for the greater good, um, as just righteous. I mean, I truly enjoyed this time together. So I just, just want to say, you know, thank you. It's, it's been a pleasure speaking with you today. I uh, appreciate you taking the time out of your very busy day to, to be with us today. And uh, hopefully we can do it again soon. I look forward to it. Thank you for affording me the opportunity. This has been your host, Bo Garcia. Thank you all for the pleasure and privilege of your time. You can listen to LCC Connect programming on 89.7 FM Saturdays at 1 p.m. and Sundays at 6 p.m. Have a tremendous day. Featuring the faculty, staff, students, and others that helped to make Lansing's premier college what it is today. LCC Connect, mid-Michigan's connection to Lansing Community College. To find out more about our featured programs or to listen on demand, visit us at lccconnect.org.
LCC. Connect. Voices. Vibes. Vision. Founded in 1957, LCC has addressed the needs of Michigan industries through education for more than 65 years. Anchored by the downtown campus located in the heart of Lansing, LCC serves mid-Michigan communities with additional campuses in Delta Township, East Lansing, and Livingston County. The college offers more than 200 degrees and certificate programs and is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Those interested in learning more about LCC may visit lcc.edu slash youbelong. Hi, this is Terry Crews, actor, former football player, game show host, father of five, and all-around big dude. I'm also an expert on drama. I know all kinds of drama. There's the good kind that comes with having a house full of kids. There's the bad kind like season-ending injuries. There's the necessary kind, like having an agent in Hollywood. And there's silly drama, like the drama around my percolating pectorals. And then there's the drama you can skip. Skip the drama that comes with not having your high school diploma or equivalency. Find free adult education classes near you and finish your high school diploma. Visit finishyourdiploma.org. Or text DIPLOMA to 97779. Message and data rates may apply. Reply STOP to opt out. That's DIPLOMA to 97779. And leave the drama to actors like me. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ed Council. Lansing Community College's downtown and west campus offer newly renovated conference and event spaces that can accommodate over 500 attendees. Professional event planners are available to guide you through your experience from setup to catering. LCC offers convenient locations, state-of-the-art technology and hybrid meeting capabilities, in-house catering, free event parking, and on-site customer service. For more information about LCC's conference and event spaces or to request a rental quote, please contact LCC's conference services at lcc-events at lcc.edu. Welcome to the Star Zone, a program dedicated to highlighting the services and resources available to students at Lansing Community College. I'm Rhonda Miller, Dean of Student Affairs. Now let's find out what's in the zone, the Star Zone. Hi, I'm Lisa, an academic advisor here at LCC. Academic advising is an integral part of a student's college career. Advisors are here to help students define and achieve their educational goals and provide information, encouragement, and advice for making good academic decisions. We listen to concerns and ask questions to help you through the entire process. Academic advising is also confidential. We're here to help. It's what we do. When a student meets with an academic advisor early and throughout their academic career, they tend to save time as well as money. We'll work together to establish a plan to help students reach their goals. Come see us. You can work with an academic advisor in person, over the phone, via web chat, or even by virtual appointment. Go to lcc.edu advising to learn more. Thanks so much for listening. Once again, I'm Rhonda Miller, and I invite you to find out more about the other features of the Star Zone by visiting lcc.edu in the zone.
This has been a presentation of LCC Connect, a weekly program that features the voices, vibes, and vision of Lansing Community College. All shows featured on LCC Connect are recorded at the WLNZ Studio, located on LCC's downtown campus. Each program is podcast-based and can be heard anytime at lccconnect.org. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on one of our shows, connect with us by emailing lcc-connect at lcc.edu.